stand before you and deliver a God-given word. Amen. Let's go straight to the word of God. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. And we're going to read verses 36 and 37. 1 Samuel 17, verses 36 to 37. When you have it, say, I got it. If you don't have it, say, look at the screen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Ready? Here we go. We're going to be reading from the NASB version. And it reads, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, since he has taunted the armies of the living God. 37. 37 says, And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Let me read that one more time. And David said, the Lord who delivered me, somebody shout delivered, delivered. from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will, somebody shout, he will, he will. deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. God's word is blessed. Repeat after me. Say the word of God, word of God. is already blessed. And when I apply the word to my life, I shall be blessed. Come on, clap your hands. Give God some praise. <laughs> Quickly do me a favor. Look at your neighbor and say craziness, craziness. Is, is contagious. Amazing. Come on, say it again. Say craziness, craziness. Is, is contagious. Amazing. Now ask them a question. Are you crazy? Can't tell. Don't answer that, but are you crazy? I need to know who I'm sitting next to. Amen. <laughs> There's some crazy people in church as well as outside church. Thank God. Amen. And if you think everybody else crazy, you might be the one that's actually. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We thank God for all of you today. Amen. Uh, in this time, in this season that we're in, the things that we're dealing with, it's so very important that we understand we need God more now than ever before. There's chaos all around us. There's craziness going on in the communities around this nation. And the only thing that's going to help bring this back together is nothing but allowing God to have his way. You have to forgive me. I'm not like most of these, some of these preachers who are preaching, saying we got to go hide and dig us a ditch and go low because the world is about to come to an end. Because I believe as long as there's a remnant left, that we can be able, we can change the very course of our environment. I believe what it says in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, which says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Somebody say turn. Uh, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. I need somebody to shout, I believe. Uh, I truly believe that what we need now is to understand that we don't have to ask the question, should we fight? But the question should be, how do we fight? Uh, a lot of people want to fight, but so many times we fight in our flesh. 
We fight the wrong ways. How can we expect a kingdom victory when we're operating in our selfish or selfish ways? This man we want to talk about today briefly, we want to discuss this man isn't a perfect man. This man has a bunch of issues. This man is caught up in the middle of a web of deception. This man had, was sleeping with one of his soldiers' wives, and because she became pregnant now, he sent that soldier to the front lines, and, and in return, that soldier was killed. After that soldier lost his life uh, because he plotted and put him on the front lines, now he went and got that soldier's wife and brought her back into the kingdom, back into the mansion, and now he began to marry and to be with that soldier's wife with their illegitimate child. Hallelujah. This man is not a perfect man. This man was guilty of adultery and premeditated murder. This man that most of you already know who I'm talking about is this man named David. David is like most of us. Sometimes we can be a walking contradiction of what we say we believe. On the one hand, he is a murdering adulterer. And on the other hand, he's a prolific psalmist and worshiper. Today, we will take a quick look at David. And please forgive me, all of those who want to act holier than now and act like you haven't done anything. Uh, act, like you, act like you've never been anywhere. Some of you did some nasty stuff last night, but you'll sit here and act like you haven't done anything. <laughs> so forgive me if you want to act like you're holy and you're religious and you're just walking on clouds. I'm not talking to you on today. Forgive me, I'm not talking, I'm not going to address David's issues. We know he was had issues, but all of us are benefactors of God's grace. And because we all, all of us need God's grace, stop being so quick to judge and start loving. So we're not going to focus on his issues, but what we will focus on, we're going to focus on how David was caught up in a messed up situation. He was caught up in facing an enemy that many thought he couldn't defeat. But in the face of this crazy and this seem as though unbeatable foe, something rose up in David. And David made the right decision and he fought the right way. Therefore, he reaped a kingdom benefit. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. Uh, David was an awesome man. David was a powerful man. But before we talk about all of that, who David become, let's go back and look at whom David, where David came from. Uh, let's look at David. We look at the Bible. We see uh, Saul was acting crazy. Saul refused to do what God has called for him to do. So what God has sent Samuel to go find and anoint another king. And he went to Jesse's house. But the thing about it is Jesse had eight sons. And when Samuel told him to bring your sons so I can see which one is the king, guess what Jesse did? He brought seven of the eight. He left one playing in the field. He left one sitting there with the sheep, but he brought the other seven. Uh, that within itself, I need to talk to somebody in this place today that people counted you out a long time ago. People thought you would never be or do anything. Matter of fact, when they were looking at people, uh, you wasn't voted the most likely to succeed in high school. Amen. You probably wasn't even there. You probably skipped school that day. Amen. And barely graduated, but still in the midst of that. Amen. His father didn't even call him when he lined up his sons. But the Bible says even in those times, Samuel, they would have a horn and they had the oil in the horn. They would hold the, uh, the horn over the head. And if the oil dripped, then that was the anointed one. 
So seven other sons, Samuel stood before, and they all, all didn't fall. Several other, several other sons who looked good, who looked like they would be great kings, but they just wasn't anointed to be king. Be careful of what it looks like. You got a lot of messed up people that look good. You got a lot of messed up people that come dress good, smell good, and nothing but a devil wrapped in sheep's clothing. See, the thing about it is so often we're looking for a look, and we're not discerning their spirit. So he held that eventually uh, Sam, Samuel uh, tried to anoint them and said, nah, none of these are the one. Do you have, is there another son? Oh, you're talking about uh, David, he's kind of thrown off, he's kind of crazy. He's out there playing with the sheep, the wrestling bears and lions. Uh, he's out there fighting. He's in the woods. You know, you know you may, you, we can go call him, though. So he was a second thought. He was an afterthought. And then they brought him there. The Bible says he was a ruddy child. And he came but had bright, beautiful, handsome young man. And when he lifted the horn over his head, the awe began to fall. Ah, it's crazy because at that point, uh, he was just tending the cheek. He wasn't trying to be anything. But when God has anointed you and called you, it doesn't matter if daddy didn't believe in you, mama don't believe in you, it don't matter what you did before that time. But God has covered many of us. And truth be told, I shouldn't be standing here today. Uh, if Guess what? If I got the, 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 um, the justice or uh, if I received everything I deserved, I wouldn't be preaching today. Because none of us deserve to be here. But it was nothing but God's grace and his mercy. Uh, I got to move forward. It's very important that we understand. So the first point we looked at, we looked at where David came from. That they thought he didn't look like he was going to be anything. They, he was the last one to be brought to see if he can be anointed as king. His other brothers came and Samuel looked at him and said, it's got to be the one. He looks so good. He looked like he can lead God's people. But in spite of what, the way he looked, he still wasn't the one. Uh, all of you have been called to serve a purpose. And I don't care what you've done. Nobody else can do what you've been purposed to do. And every time you allow the devil to cause you to stray off course, somebody is dependent on you to get where you need to be, to help them get where they should be. So you're so busy prolonging trying to do what you want. And we have to understand somebody's depending on me. And my purpose will help fulfill someone else's purpose. So the first point we see, we see their view of David, where David came from. The second thing we see, which brings us to the scripture that we just wrote, we just read. The second thing we see, the scripture brought us to now they're at battle with the Philistines. Now they're at battle. So David found himself there because he was bringing food and stuff for his brothers. Three of his brothers were at battle with Saul and he come up on there. But before David got there, the Bible says this big giant named Goliath came out. And say, guess what? These, war, these armies don't have to fight each other. No lives has to be taken. Send your best soldier. And if he beat me, we will serve you. And if, he be, and if, you be, if I beat him, then you will serve us. No one else has to lose their lives. The Bible says for 40 days, he kept coming out saying, send me your best soldier. And we can fight one-on-one. And we'll see who has the victory that way. For 40 days, the men in the army, the children of Israel, God's people, 
begin to hide and cower down because they, this man looked good. This giant looked like he couldn't be defeated. So they were so scared of the way he looked, but didn't trust the God that they served. They messed up, though, because a little young, crazy young man who came there just to bring him food messed up bringing his brother food and heard the Goliath talking crazy. Y'all got to forgive me. I'm just going to make it sound. Uh, heard Goliath standing in front of the people and saying, who wants to fight me? And basically laughing at God's people. And this young man said, man, who is this uncircumcised, oh, this nasty, dirty Philistine that's challenging the people of God? Who is this? It's something. He got mad because this devil, we can call him what it is, this devil was coming challenging God's people. And the crazy thing about it, we too scared. They too scared to stand up. They're too scared to stand on the strength God had given them that they're cowering down and they're running around and they're hiding when he stand up. But David said, who is that? And just like, remember, I said David kind of have crazy. David's brother looked at him and said, shut up. Then you go talking again. And David said, he said, shut up. Uh, you're up to causing problems again. But David said, is there not a cause? Uh, David was offended that someone can come and stand against the people of God when they serve the almighty God who has the power of the world in his hands. What messed my mind up, and I'm, I got to get out of here, what messed my mind up, though, that David uh, began to talk crazy, and the Bible said, begin to say, who is this Philistine? Who, who, who does he think he is by standing in front of the people of God? And the Bible says the word got back to Saul. The word got back to Saul, and Saul called David. He called David to him. I want to hear what you've been saying. What are you talking about? David said, hey, send me and I will slay this Goliath. Send me and I will kill this giant that's standing before God's people like he's greater than God's children. Send me. And David and Saul began to listen to David and said, are you crazy? You're just a young man. You're just a young boy. How are you going to go and fight against a seasoned warrior? But there's a crazy thing, y'all, and we talked about craziness is contagious. This is what craziness is contagious. The more David began to speak it, the more Saul began to believe it. Yeah, 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 now with me. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, you know, the word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The more they begin to doubt what David could do, the more David began to reaffirm what he thought, what he knew he could. David said, I've slung, God has delivered me from bears. He's delivered me from the lions. And the same God that delivered me from them will deliver me from him. Y'all not with him. See, the crazy thing about us is we forget where God has brought us from. So we think this current situation is too big for him to bring us through it. But if he brought me through that car accident, if he brought me through that crazy situation, no, what, let me ask you the question, what is too big for God? David said the same God that brought me through. Now we find, see, craziness is contagious because now all of a sudden Saul went from saying, how can I send this young man against this, this seasoned warrior? How can I send him against him? But at the end, the only thing we find in verse 17, go back 17, find in verse 17, uh, 37, I'm sorry. We find in verse 37 is, after David pleaded his cause, after David pleaded his case, the only thing the Bible says that Saul said, 
And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. It's funny when you keep saying it and you're so confident in what your God can do through you that when you're confident in something, eventually confidence becomes contagious. And I may be, I begin to doubt. I doubted you before, but maybe you really can do it. He left Saul. Saul began to believe that maybe this crazy little young brother can go out there and defeat the enemy. And we said craziness is contagious. Let me tell you this. Faith is contagious. Oh, if you see faithful people and people going through life, and say, I trust in God. And guess what? The more I see you trust in God and God making a way from you, guess what? I say if he did it for you, guess what? He may be able to do it for me. Yeah, yeah, y'all not with me. The Bible said, for they overcame by the words of their testimony. This is that last point we're going to make on tonight. Uh, we find now, we see the, the view of David. We saw how craziness can be contagious. But now let's take a close look on the way David fought. Because some of you have some Goliaths in your life. But you're trying to kill Goliath from your strength. And the reason why the devil is still going crazy because you're not strong enough. You're not big enough. You're not wise enough. Uh, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, I got to let what's in me and whom him that's over me lead me and direct me, and then I'll receive the benefits. Stop fighting on your own. Stop fighting with your own strength and trust in God. Look at your neighbor and say, you better trust in him. So the thing about it, when Saul said, him, go and the Lord be with you, he didn't just do that. Then Saul immediately ran and gave him his shield and gave him his sword. Uh, but the crazy thing about that, people of God, is that David tried to move with his shield and his sword. But guess what? It was too heavy. David tried to go and walk his way to battle with somebody else's armor, <laughs> with someone else's equipment, what someone else, is someone else used to fight a battle. And let me dig a little deeper here. Someone God has taken his hand off. <laughs> God, thank you, Jesus. Someone who was no longer anointed, but he tried to use his equipment to go do God's work. And so David was trying to grab, and here the Bible says that the equipment was too heavy. The sword was too heavy. And David had to realize, David put down his equipment. On, thank you, King Saul. But guess what? Your equipment and your stuff you take in the battle is too much for me. Uh, I can't take what you fight with because that's not what God wants me to fight with. But the Bible says David leaned down and he grabbed five smooth stones. And he took his little bitty slingshot. Hey, somebody shout craziness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. Somebody shout crazy. So this young, crazy, faith-filled young brother went to go fight a Goliath with a shield and a sword who is a giant nine plus feet tall with nothing but five smooth rocks and a crazy slingshot. So can you imagine his brother looking at David, uh, the Goliath on one end, David's on the other, and Goliath got all his fine and big muscle, muscle man, he's tall with all his equipment. Uh, but then they look at David, he right there with his five stones slinging his, doing this. Somebody shout crazy. Sometimes when you're faith-filled, it'll make you look like a fool sometimes. But when you trust in God, you understand the weapons of my warfare, hey, God, are not carnal, but mighty, hey, 
thanks to God. The weapons I use are not the ones you may use, but it's what God uses that God may get the glory. So the whole time he was slinging his slingshot, and they're probably looking at him saying, this joker is crazy. They just didn't know. God wanted to get the glory from this, and it wasn't going to be David's strength, but it was going to be God's might that get the victory. The devil messed up if he would have went in the fight with the wrong equipment. If he would have went trying to attack the devil, attack the giant the wrong way. How do I fight? Sometimes my fight is craziness to everybody else. Because when they acting a fool and fighting with their hands, I'm on my knees. God. When, they, when, when they saying you should lose your mind, I'm saying, Lord, I trust you. I need you to make a way. There's something about when you live for God, the Bible says he gives you peace that surpasses all understanding. And in the middle of your battle, I, I got to ask you one question. What are you fighting with? Hallelujah. What are you bringing to battle? You're not winning. So it seems like a smart man will say, what I'm doing is not working. <laughs> we got quiet. Y'all got real quiet right there. It's, it's crazy when I'm fighting and I'm not winning. Look at your neighbor and say, are you crazy? Come on, I went right back to where I was. So look, ask me one more time. Say, are you crazy? The definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over. And you're expecting a different result. That same devil been whooping you for years. Why are you still doing the same thing? Why are you still fighting the same way? Why are you still living the same way? And you're mad because God and you're mad at God because nothing happening. And you have the audacity to say, Lord, I've been so faithful to you. I've been doing all this to you. And it seems the more I do right, the more I'm doing wrong because you're not doing what he's telling you to do. You're not fighting the way God has called for you to fight. You still got that railroad. You still got that hood mentality. You want to go and cuss people out. When God says, pray for those who despitefully use you. You still want to say, I got to put, I'm a, yeah, y'all know what we say. I, I'm going to put my religion down for a second. And I may pick it back up later. And some of y'all don't pick it back up. But you lay it down for a second. And then you go and act a fool. I got to get this off my chest. And now you want to get back and act deep like y'all doing right now. Like you're spiritual. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love all y'all. God bless you. But the thing about it is, if it's not working. I challenge you to say, I say, if it's not working, if your weapon is not being effective, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you the question, and you can answer yourself. Is it of God? Are you fighting with his weapons? I, I believe that when we, it's consistency. I believe that we have our, we're a living sacrifice that sometimes, well, we have to keep doing things repetitively, and eventually victory will come. But question for you, it's been 20 years. Why you still don't have the victory? Forgive me, I know sometimes it's going to be rough. Every day won't be a sunny day. But some of y'all have been struggling for too long. Some of you have been going through for too long. And it's time for you to look at the devil and say, Devil, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of Goliath being in my house. I'm tired of Goliath messing with my family. I'm tired of Goliath trying to tear down my happiness and my joy. For this joy that I have, the world didn't give it. And the world can't take it away. Why I smile when I should be crying because it's joy that I have. That I know I already have the victory. Why I don't blow my brains out when others are committing suicide because I know it may look bad. But I've already won the battle. 
I already have the victory. I need somebody to open up your mouth and say, I have the victory. Come on, say it again. Say, I have the victory. Say, call me crazy. Uh, call me insane. But I refuse to do what God didn't tell me to do. Come on, clap your hands. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Craziness is contagious. Faith is contagious. Don't allow the devil to shut your mouth. If you don't watch it, you'll go through so much hell that you'll stop speaking the goodness of God. Second Chronicles said, when my people who are called by my name, when you know better, you should do better. When you're supposed to be the light, why are you going crazy? Why are you stressing yourself? When you're supposed to have peace. You see how we can be hypocritical? We want others to come to this God that we serve when we're going crazy. When we're about to lose our mind. Every time they see you, you're miserable. Every time they see you, you're always going through. But we are a living sacrifice. God, sometimes the only Jesus people will see is you. To Jesus operating in you. And I'm apologist for the church because oftentimes we haven't been good representations of who Christ is. That I'm not happy, I'm, I don't have joy based on my situation. But I have joy because in the midst of my situation, God's wake me up in the middle of the night in a dream and show me he's gonna bring me out. Show me he's gonna heal that body. Show me he's gonna restore my mind. Show me he's gonna give me peace. The scripture says, be ye not weary and well-doing. <laughs> Because in due season, you will reap if you faint not. With people of God, the same thing that willed David's slingshot and that rock and brought him victory is the same spiritual thing, the godly power, that if you allow him, he will load your slingshot in his life and you'll run that devil out your house. You'll run that devil off your job. You will have peace and happiness. So they may call you crazy, keep slinging your slingshot. And we're going to tear the devil's kingdom down. Come on, clap your hands. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. At this time, there may be one in the sound of my voice who don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. And you say, after hearing the word today, I want to give my life to God. I want to surrender myself completely to him. I'm tired of trying to do it my way. I'm tired of trying to work it out my way. But I need God to have his way and do what only he can do. And I, and I'm, I know, Pastor, um, you're coming up. But if you desire to gift up, to give God your hand, if I'm doing it right, Deacon, I know you have.